As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hello and welcome to our new fantastic show, Business for Entrepreneurs. We want to share the real stories of real people who, like us, are running their own business. For them, their business is their passion. And for them, business is personal. Hello and welcome back to another show of Business for Entrepreneurs. And this show, we are joined with the lovely Josie Winters from Advanced Clinical Solutions a very niche and unique business uh, that I'm very intrigued about, and I'm sure you guys will be as well. Josie, welcome to See No Bounds. How, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. It's lovely to have you, and um, it's going to be really interesting to share what you do as well, because, yes, it's very unique, and you have had such a busy time um, with everything that's been going on with the pandemic. So, um let's, yeah. yeah, let's go first question. Okay, just talk <laughs> a little bit about your background first, and then we'll go into what Advanced Clinical Solutions does. So tell us a little bit about your journey. Where have you come from um, to this point? Yeah, so um, I started life in the NHS as an operating department practitioner or a theatre nurse. So um, I spent a number of years uh, working in the surgical field, sort of handing instruments to surgeons and that kind of thing. Um, so that kind of piqued my interest in infection control. Um, I then worked for a number of different uh, med tech companies, big healthcare organisations around um, governance, training, audit, and um, kind of wanted to have a bit more sort of life work balance. And I was in a big corporate environment. So around four years ago, um, I left left that world and set up um, ACS with my husband. <laughs> What's it like working with your husband? <laughs> he sat next to me. So, oh, it's amazing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I get the message. Um Probably about as good as is working with me sometimes. I'm, it, I'm sure it's it's a challenge, right? And at and at the moment, it's it's a real challenge. And you know, we're in lock. Well, we've just come out of lockdown, and and you work together, live together. It's it's a, it's a difficult way to run a business, but you you kind of make it work, don't you? 
Yeah, do you know what? I think both Guy and I bring our own unique skills and talents to the business. Guy's very finance and uh, business focused, um, and I'm much more on the clinical side of things. So um, if you ask me to do figures, finances, tax returns, I, I kind of blank over. That is very much Guy's remit. Um, but yeah, we, you know, it works, but you you guys will know this living together working together um it's tough and i think you yeah. just got to find your own space haven't you yeah, we very quickly had two offices instead of one <laughs> <laughs> yeah because obviously we work from home as well so we don't have a, a, a necessarily a base although we do have an office but yeah we do know we know we know how we, we know how you feel so tell us a little bit about advanced clinical solutions you said that you both bring you know you've got a massive background in in clinical uh, and infection control um and you both bring very different skills to to the business what is advanced clinical solutions and what do they do okay so i i guess um what we do we're a service provider to independent healthcare organizations and um we essentially do anything around patient safety anything around quality improvement and um, anything around um, sort of regulatory compliance, because healthcare is a really regulated sector. Um, so any of those things we like to get involved with. So whether it's doing um, like a patient safety review or a clinical incident has happened and they need some investigation um, down to auditing um, practices within a care home, a care agency, a private clinic. So it's really varied. Yeah. And so do you work, to, you, do you do things like, um, you know, like plastic surgery clinics, Botox clinic, that type of thing? Tell us a little bit about your relationship with, with those industries. Yeah, so um, we, we do a bit of work with um, private clinics um, and we're hoping to do a lot more because we've just partnered with um, an insurance company. So we're looking to do a lot of work around regulatory compliance there. Um, we, we do do work with um, Botox clinics, particularly in Wales, um, because uh, that sector or that particular part of um, healthcare is not regulated in England. Um, so we're kind of a little bit ahead of the curve here in Wales. Um, but again, you know, that is an, another can of worms that we, we can open a whole debate on the un, unregulated Botox industry. But we but can we've definitely. Had this debate in the past. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We can definitely provide some support around good practice and um, safety um, in the clinic and that kind of thing. So um, watch your space. You know, that's a rapidly changing market. So we're keeping our fingers on the pulse with that. Definitely. Yeah, There's been some horrific cases. And, and what you'll find with any horrific case study is all of a sudden regulation will will change and update. Now, you, you're doing. Um, you, you've got something going on at the moment, haven't you? So, uh, yeah, I know so, you wanted to ask Well, we, we want to give a shout out because you are our company of the month um, <laughs> and you've done so much. Um, but you've, you've been really, you've had some fantastic publications um, this month and you're also doing sort of a free five day challenge. Um, do you want to tell us a little bit about that, please? Yeah, so, so I guess our real area of expertise um, is around infection control. 
So given that we're in the middle of a global pandemic, um, you know, it only seems right that we're, we're giving a bit back. So we've been working, um, so we, we've got a number of different infection control programs running at the moment. Um, one of them is our infection con control champions program, which is like an intensive 12 week um, support program uh, for any healthcare provider really but I think to kind of preempt that we do we're, we're looking at running a free free five-day challenge for health and social care leaders to really um uh come on board with us for a few days it's complete it will be completely free and um really start to scrutinize what they have in their own organization in terms of infection control governance um training education policy all of those um things that sort of make up a framework so um yeah we're, we're going to be running a, a a free um five-day challenge and each um person will be asked to do a task or complete a task every day um with the end goal that hopefully they will see some value in what we're offering and and sign up to our champions course so um, yeah, exciting. The champions course that they can then sign up to. What does that sort of involve for a company? Yeah, so and it it's you know this is where um, we kind of get into bespoke. Um, so in the last week alone, we've had um, a, a large sort of endoscopy provider. We've had a group of homes. We've had a group of 46 um, domiciliary care agencies. So we really would need to tweak it depending on um, what type of healthcare they're delivering. Um, but, you know, the idea is that we get the leaders on board. Challenge. And um, and the idea of internal capabilities. So I want to speak to cleaners. Um, shout out to the cleaners there because they are uh, a huge, huge part of the infection control team. Always overlooked. I'm a massive champion of cleaning operatives. We want to speak to carers. Um, we want to be speaking to nurses. Registered managers, um, you know, a, a real diverse group um, to sort of forge infection control in their in their environment, in their healthcare environment. Have you seen that that has improved? Obviously, with the pandemic, it would have, you would have thought that it would have had to improve. Um, but often the training kind of starts at the top and then goes down but is it getting better to kind of deliver training to the company as a whole of all different areas yeah and and yeah. you know it's, it's the same with anything you know when you've um a team involved you can you can um spread that knowledge organization wide um right from from ceo to cleaner pretty much um, so having everybody on board is is really an important part of the process, I guess. Yeah, absolutely, it is. But you also deliver um, sort of training to the universities as well. Is that right? Yeah. So um, one of my other roles is I do um, a bit of part time lecturing around infection control. So I've just just finished um, my last module this week. So I had a group of 13 nurses um, from across Lincolnshire 
So some were um, out in the community, some run a surgical ward, some run an endoscopy suite. And they, they come on with me for a short intensive course around infection control in clinical practice. And they get 30 um, uh, university credits for it as well. So it's, um, it's a pretty decent course. I've been doing it for four years. Um, so we want to, we want to do more of that as well. We want to get into other universities and, and, and do, um, you know, spread the, the good, good work around infection control that way. Um, yeah. How can, how can I concentrate on infection control? I mean, it's all well and good in, you know, medical centers, but, these days, infection control is everybody's responsibility. So if I've got an office, there's three of us, four of us who work in the office, you know, how can, what can we do to improve infection control? Um, so I would say start by reading the COVID-19 secure office um, environment guidelines. Um, they will give you a number of things and recommendations to put into place from making sure you've got test and trace QR code, making sure you've got cleaning schedules, um, making sure that your ventilation's working, making sure you've got a one-way system around the office, hand hygiene, um, you know, all of these really basic standard infection control precautions that everybody can do. Um, face The use of face masks as well. So there's lo- lots of things that you can put into place um, that don't need an awful lot of money spent on them. It's just having the knowledge around what strategies you've got in your office to break the chains of, of transmission or the chain of infection. And a lot of it is basic stuff. It's not rocket science. It's, it's interesting because, you know, so many people, you know, COVID is, is, is obviously where everything is right now. And, and so many people are, are worried about it and frightened about it. Mm. How, you know, I'm going to ask you a controversial question, but, <laughs> Look, I'm, I'm trying to word this out, word this without getting my my knuckles crunched. But you know, COVID is serious. Is is it as serious as as we're made to believe? Or you know, do, do people need to just concentrate more? Because people seem to be very relaxed about it in some places and not so relaxed in others. What what is yeah. what's your general knowledge on that? So I, I guess the thing um, with COVID at the minute, it's um, we've only known about it for like what eight months now seven eight months it's a it's a brand new disease um we have very few treatment options for it available and the very uh, worst cases end up in intensive care having a number of their um, organ systems on life support machines and being ventilated and nobody wants that um, but on on the flip side we we heard news of a vaccine yesterday and I, I did a little dance. You know, I was I was so excited because this is the very first step. And I don't know if you've ever seen this guy on, on the BBC News, but Prove- Professor Van Tam, he's my hero. I just look at this guy in the news and go, yeah, I want to be where, where um, uh, JVT is. You know, he's amazing. And he's such a realist. And I think he kind of used the analogy of a um, a train coming into the station. He said, you know, at the moment, the train is two miles down the road and we can see the lights coming down. So that's where we are with the vaccine development. But we still need to 
get to the station, the doors need to open and people still need to get onto the train. And that's all the sort of regulatory steps that we still need to take. We, we still need to get people on board with taking a vaccine. We still need to get MHRA approval, which is the sort of regulatory um, side of things with, with vaccines. So, yeah, it's great, but we've still got a long, long way to go. I think everybody did a little dance and we've just spoken to Corinne, obviously, within the travel industry. And, you know, everyone is just having that little bit of hope helps massively as well. But are we do you think just I mean, it's impossible to say, but are, are we possibly thinking that it could be a vaccine by the sort of beginning of next year? Or are we a long way from that, do you think? Well, I, th I think it's a very um, important first step because um, this vaccine sort of makes way for a whole range of other vaccines that have been sort of in development behind it. So Pfizer were obviously the, the first ones to bring out their efficacy data, but we, we uh, and eff efficacy is about how sort of effective it is. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Um, but we still need all that safety data information as well. Um, one of my um, in, in a previous life, I, I did a lot of work around um, a clinical trial with antidepressants. So I, I spent a, a lot of time reviewing all the documentation and the safety data from that around. Um, I think it was an antidepressant um, uh, that came to market. So there's there's still huge amounts of work to do. I mean, right. You you obviously know your stuff around. I thought I'd throw the COVID question in just to trip you up, really, but you, you managed it very, very well. But no, all jokes aside, you know your stuff. What is it about infection control that fires your buttons? I mean, it's not a subject, that, you know, <laughs> I've got to admit, like, I get quite excited about motorbikes. You get quite excited about infections. What is it about infection control that, that you seem that draws you to it? I've always loved science and and healthcare, and even from a young age, I was really, really interested about the internal workings of the body. But with infection control, the thing that really, really sort of sparks my interest is we've got these tiny, living, breathing little bugs all over us. It's like invisible paint everywhere. And we can't see them, but we know they're there. We know they're doing something. I, I just find it absolutely fascinating. You know, give me give me years of looking down a microscope. I, I'd be a happy lady. But I just find it fascinating that we've got these this whole sort of ecosystem going on around us and we can't even see it. It's incredible. 
You make it sound really fascinating. You make me sort of go like, oh, my goodness, there's loads of stuff going on that we can't see. Because I can tell, even though it's virtual, that you are so passionate about what you do. And I also know that you're super passionate about the people that you work with. And obviously, you giving advice to so many different companies. So it's really, really varied. Um, but where sort of... Um, where do you see sort of advanced clinical solutions in the future? What are you working towards at the moment? So we, we've got so many different partnerships um, sort of in, in the makings at the moment. So we're working with um, a big insurance company. So I think that we tend to find a lot of our work comes in very reactively. So something may have gone wrong, a patient safety incident, uh, so it, it, like with your car or your house, if something goes wrong, the first people you're going to ring are your insurance company or your lawyer. Um, so we we get we get a lot of referrals from those guys. Um, but we're looking to we've just joined another um, amazing organization called Ukima, Um and they um, basically take the, the best of British healthcare capabilities and take that out into the world. Um, and it is a huge panel of amazing companies from people who built the NHS Nightingale Hospital. So um, is it Mott M- M- McDonald are on there? You know, they can literally take the whole package and and take that globally. So that's really exciting as well. Um, so, yeah, lots of things in the pipeline. But who knows? We may this time next year, we may be. Um, advising a hospital in the Bahamas. Who knows? That would be nice. <laughs> Who knows? That, that would be good. <laughs> Australia, maybe. Yeah. New Zealand. Yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure we can. We can arrange it. We can figure it all out, can't we? Um. So, what do you actually? So, so let's take it from a different angle now. Um, I've got a a, a, a a clinic. What? What can you offer me? What what do you give me as a clinic? What what is it that we pay for with your services? Our services are so varied, um, but normally we it it normally starts with some kind of benchmark assessment. So we'll go in and either do what we call a mock um, uh, regulatory inspection. So we come in um, as uh, we we were inspecting the premises and the service as as the regulator. Um, we look at a whole range of different um, clinical areas from medication to safeguarding to infection control to tissue viability. You know, it, there's absolutely loads that we look at. Um, and the idea is that whatever that benchmark is, we work with the company to gradually and continuously improve on 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 where we were. And the end, the end result is hopefully they get a really good result in their inspection and patients are safer. And we're, we're looking at ways that we can um, improve the service. Um, so it, it normally starts there. But, you know, people call us in for a one off training session as well. Um, this week I'm doing training for a new care home manager on um how to recognize deterioration and i'm doing i'm teaching a group of nurses next week how to take bloods so uh, it's really varied, <laughs> really varied. Oh. <laughs> so i've got a question for you obviously um do you ever work with animal clinics is that something you 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 get involved with like a vet maybe 
No, you know, uh, veterinary uh, practices are a whole different ball game. I, although I did, um, I did once do a session for a, a student vet on how to cannulate. So we <laughs> have to cannulate a dog. <laughs> this is so bad. Um, but she she was learning how to um, in, insert IVs into dogs. Um, so we did a bit of a session on one of our dummy arms, and um, just to get her sort of confidence and skills up a little bit. Um, but that we we don't the the only thing we've ever really got involved with was sort of um, risk assessments for zoonotic diseases. So if a care home wants to bring animals in as kind of pet therapy, which is quite a big thing or, or was a big thing, um, we might have done a risk assessment for that. But yeah, <laughs> we try. Not I'm to. assuming they're very differently. <laughs> I know it's a far out question, but I thought you know what. Um, someone might might be interested in it but is there a massive difference then between uh, what made me think of it was the dog sitting up I'm not gonna lie um but is there a massive difference between animal um infection control and human infection control is there Uh, honestly that is not my area of expertise I have I have no idea Although I've been doing a lot of these um, like COVID Q&A sessions with um, lots of different healthcare providers. So literally staff come on, um, come on to a, a what, what they call a warn and inform session. But it's a bit of a free for all. So they, they sit there and grill me about any good related question. And, yeah. and I had a weird one last week was um, can, uh, was it, can my cat get COVID? Um, uh, or my dog can my dog get COVID? And there have been cases of it, um, so that that was quite fun. <laughs> I was just yeah, going to ask you, what's the weirdest sort of um, thing you've ever been asked about? And I guess that's one of them. <laughs> have you got any others yeah. in the pipeline? Oh, there, there's a few. I'd, I, do you know what? That's that's my next next post: a free for all COVID Q and A. Let's see what comes in. <laughs> <laughs> You obviously love what you do. I mean, you know, this this podcast is is a little bit about what you do, but it's also a little bit about, you know, the fun of running a business. And, you know, you obviously love what you do. Could you see yourself doing anything else? Do you know what? I've, I've had my moment during the pandemic where I thought, am I doing the right thing? Should I be going? I've, I've done. Should I be going back to the NHS? Should I be doing this? Should I be doing that? And um, to the point where I thought, do you know what, ACS, I, I don't know if we can carry on doing this. I, You know, we're in the middle of a pandemic. I'm an expert, apparently an expert in infection control. Um, and we, we struggle like any other business to get customers through the door. We have to think about sales, marketing, our pipeline, Um you know how we get a new new customers in through the door like you wear so many hats and um it's really stressful so i i we we want to keep doing what we do i don't know whether i could go back to having a boss now um that that would be uh I, i don't know it's very interesting that you bring that up and and every podcast that we've done with business entrepreneurs is the one thing they all say, oh my goodness, all of a sudden I'm wearing the HR department as well as being a finance manager as well marketer as being and- a marketer. And, and it's true, you know, you do, you, you are an expert in your field because that's obviously what you build the business on. 
but then you have to also become an expert on everyone else's everything fields. else. And that is that's something to think about, I think, when it comes to setting up on your own. But I also think during the pandemic, I think that we've kind of had those little things. Oh, am I doing the right thing? Because we haven't really been able to be out and, and talk about things like we normally would. So it's it's been a really tricky time. But I think we are seeing the light at the end of the tunnel, don't you? We're seeing that train two miles away, I think, at the minute. Absolutely. <laughs> and we can soon get on it. We've, we've got a little comment here. Yeah, we've Steve. just had a lovely... Well, we've got two comments from uh, Steve. So the first one was well-deserved company oh. of the month. Uh, Josie at ACS are amazing. And then he's come in and he said, uh, it would be a tragedy to lose this service and expertise. Keep it up. Keep at it. Yeah, so, you, can't, you, you can't do anything else. No, absolutely. You wouldn't be allowed to. He's, yeah, Steve's an incredible guy, and and you know we work with Steve, and I know you work with him as well. So it's lovely that he's listening. So um, yeah, thank you for the comments, Steve. It's much, so much what, what were your hints and tips to somebody who are thinking about setting up their own business? Be what what would you sort of say to them if they came for a little bit of advice? Uh, I, I would take Steve Gregory's advice and don't be a busy fool. <laughs> Um, I've had I've had a couple of chats with him over the last few months, and this this little one liner has stuck with me. Um, don't be a busy fool. Get your pricing right. Outsource where you can. Um, you know you can't be an expert in everything. Um, and even now, four years down the road, I still don't know if I'm pricing things right. There's still lots to do around um, a bit of market research around our competitors. So yeah. Yeah, I think that is sound advice. Yeah. But it makes it real. It's it's what we're all up against. And this year has obviously been very, very challenging for everyone, um, regardless of what industry you're in. And yeah, I think not be a busy fool is something that we can all relate um with. And it's very easy, especially working from home, a lot of us now to work very late into the night and things like that. So yeah, really great advice. Well, Josie, we love you. You know that, <laughs> right? We Thank do. It's, it's strange because something else has come out of COVID is we've really got to know each other over the last sort of couple of months, and yet we've still never actually met. It's quite strange. It's, yeah, it's, it's really strange. And so anyone listening into the show, that's another massive tip for you. You know, We're in a time where we are starting things very, very differently, and we're building relationships with people that we don't physically know but mentally know um and that's a, a much different way of doing things it, it, it's almost like you're getting to know the person before you get to know anything else and i think that's quite i think that's kind of special if i'm going to be honest yeah you know you guys are going to have a, a real disappointment when you meet me face to face <laughs> <laughs> i don't i don't believe you one second <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> no, we adore you. And listen, thank you so much for giving up your time. I know that you've got DIY stuff going on in the background and it's, you know, we're, we're all working from home and we've yeah. got a dog that decides it wants to curl up in the middle of a show and, you know, but we do appreciate the time you've given us. So thank you so much for coming on the show and, and, oh, and sharing the Thanks for having having us on, and and you know, thanks for promoting ACS. We, we it's um, and and another thing, I'll, I'm gonna I'm gonna do a shout out to See No Bounds. 
if you are not on the hub, why are you not on the hub? Like this, you have your own PR function for a very small amount of money. You need to get on the hub. If you're not, you're crazy. I totally agree. Oh, thank you. We totally agree. I'm asking people on this special so, time, why so are you where, not on the hub? Yeah. <laughs> where can people find you? Just to little finish off. Um, on Facebook, LinkedIn? We're on all of them. The website? I, I would say we're probably most active on LinkedIn because um, we're business to business. Um, but uh, our website is advancedclinicalsolution.co.uk. There is no S on the end of solution. That pesky S, it wasn't available to buy the domain when we opened the company. <laughs> so it's caused us no end of, of problems. <laughs> Try living with Charlotte without an E. And I totally, I'm totally with you. My mum and dad just forgot the E. <laughs> <laughs> But so you can obviously find, yeah, you can find them in the hub as well. In the hub as well. So yeah, type yeah. in advanced yeah. clinical solution in the hub. Um, Josie will comment uh, on this later on as well. And she'll make sure that the uh, the website is in the comments box. Won't you, Josie? Oh, <laughs> yeah. Right. Thank you so much thank for, you for so coming much along. Thank you for having, um, coming on the show. And thank you to everyone who's been watching as well. So take care. You have a lovely, lovely evening. Thank you so much. Take care. Bye now. Bye. Bye. And that's it. That is the end of another great show. So from all of us here at Sino Bounds, and thank you to our amazing guests, we will see you next time. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.